Hey folks, this is the guy, Chad, and you are listening to a DogCast Studio podcast. Catch the Turnbuckle Report every Wednesday, DogCast every Friday, and ScareCast every Monday. You can listen to us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podomatic, and we are now on TuneIn and iHeartRadio. Follow our shows on Facebook and Twitter. Stay healed, baby. gentlemen is what they call basic Brockonomics. Welcome folks to another episode of the Turnbuckle Report. It is the recap. We are back on the mic one night after Royal Rumble. You're hearing this a couple days later, but I, I assure you we are on the mic. The people's host here bringing the live action to you. We recapped it. We're recapping it rather. We had some good predictions. Didn't play out the way I really wanted to. I got the guy with me. What do you think, brother? Arr, me matey. We just a couple of old shipmates be turnbuckling tonight, me matey. Arr. Arr. Arr, the seas are silent as it will. We're not quite the predictionist that we thought we were. Arr. Mm. <clears throat> no, <laughs> 2021, uh, we thought we were pretty cool, honestly. We thought we were pretty cool before getting into, the, you know, the rumble. Because, I mean, let's face it, we have, uh, we've, we've, we've had some pretty good predictions. And a lot of them have uh, been right. And we're very proud of that. Very, very proud. And uh, a lot of smart people told us how smart we are. <laughs> I knew that's so we're very proud of that as well. You heard yourself do a Trump and you're like, I better follow it up with a Trump. <laughs> I better I better follow up with another Trump. Oh, yep. The the Wicked Witch is dead. And um, we totally shit the bed last night, bro. I mean, it was a great show. Our prediction record is show. pretty flawless. Okay? Everything mm-hmm. from predicting uh, crossover wrestling coming back with crossover promotions to uh, yeah. wrestlers dropping and winning belts. Dude, I'm pretty sure when we got on the mic and we were like, Daniel Bryan's going over and he's winning the Rumble, mm-hmm. I had zero doubt in my mm-hmm. mind. Just based off of everything that WWE was doing, Edge has cut no promos. He did one little TV spot where he said, I'm entering myself in the Rumble. That was it, right? But Daniel Very Bryan subtle. gave this heartfelt, like, and they've been pushing him, putting him in a lot of matches. I was like, okay, it's Daniel Bryan's time. Edge wins this fucking thing. And yeah. I'm like... Nobody was gonna call that unless you're some you know guy in your basement still living at home with your parents. Um, I called it. I said that Edge would win. <sighs> you guys at Turnbuckle Report are the worst. I'm shutting you off. Well, I hope they do, and I hope they start a podcast, um, so I can be just as critical on that podcast because you know you don't get everything right, and I'm okay with that. I'm very okay with that because the show was actually 100 percent last night. The show was, was awesome, man. This this could have been, and I know I say this every year. I'm such I'm such a jockey for this shit, but this could have been the best rubble uh, in the last five years for me. Um, super super good. I said that, yeah. I felt that way. Had this had the same feelings about this one that I did in like 2016 or so. Uh, just man, it was good. It had an, it had the excitement. Um, but we both can agree that the Roman Reigns match ended a little weird. It was just a really awkward weird. weird ending. Right? Just an awkward okay, one. Yeah. Because Heyman's botching mm-hmm. the, the handcuffs. So literally, yeah. if you if you watch well, the camera, him, yeah. 
Kevin Owens is waiting. Okay, when you guys are done doing your spot with this fucking, uh, the, the handcuffs, I'm waiting for you to kick my ass so I can take the fall. Hurry the fuck up. You could tell, you could totally tell that Roman was trying to, like, Joe Letty was trying to fucking, like, work it out. Like, you know, I'm trying to stand up. Look, see, I'm standing up. I'm not technically down. You know, that was a total yeah. botch. Heyman couldn't unlock the lock. So that's when I knew right then and there when Heyman couldn't do it and Kevin was standing there, not, you know, pulling Kevin or pulling Heyman out of the way or doing any of this shit. I knew I was like, oh, fuck. Owens is going to lose. Like, you already know. You can see it right here. He's he's lost. So then I'm looking for. Yeah, he's waiting for it. You know who I'm looking for? I'm looking for The Miz at this point. Mm-hmm. Never yeah. shows up. Cash it in. Doesn't show up. If if The Miz was going to cash in, it. that was the time right fucking then and there and he didn't do it so creative i know you listen to this show you're a bunch of dumb fucking retards do. you had an opportunity and you blew it here's the thing you're uh you're quality grade a retarded because you had a good opportunities and you fucked it again you like the ending though you you like that he retained i'm pissed off that they didn't utilize the money in the bank yeah i did I'm the one that's pissed about this. You know why I like that he retained? Because I, I'm done with the KO Roman Reigns story. It's went on for a while. It had good legs. It had a, We got like three good matches out of it. Honestly, KO could have pulled, could have, as we look back at it, he could have pulled the best out of Roman Reigns that we've seen. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not sad about that. that. that Those were good matches. Job. He, he was, he was a jobber yeah. in this. He was not ever meant to get the belt. He was a jobber. Yeah, so I mean, in that, in that, they closed the book. He he beat him, and and I think you know, as we were talking talking last night, you had a little well, there's a, a little bit of disagreement there. In my mind, he beat him clean because it was a last man standing match, and not only did he stay down for the ten seconds, it was a few minutes afterwards. He sold it, is what I'm saying. So they they were putting the exclamation point on the end of that, saying this is done. We're gonna move on to Mania now. Who knows where that's gonna go. Uh, we thought that that was going to be a whole Goldberg thing, which Goldberg got rolled up, um, pulled one of the most pathetic, uh, jackknifes I've ever seen. Oh, it was horrible. Um, almost, almost broke another neck and, uh, McIntyre made out of the match clean. He made it out of the match healthy and retained his title. And then they had this beautiful moment where they hug in the ring and, and, and hopefully that's Goldberg, you know, riding off into the sunset. Oops, sorry, I hit my mic there. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, what is that submission move that the 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 guillotine, the guillotine? Mhm. That's a yeah. that is that 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 thing's badass, bro. That is a the one that Roman put on KO. That is a brutal submission move. Like I don't know that face Roman ever used that submission move, but now that he is, it's brutal. Like I can't see anyone ever beating Roman with that that move alone. If Roman finishing ended a match just with that like if the bell rang and he immediately put somebody in that hold he could be in and out of matches within five minutes obviously that's not entertaining but well who, yeah who would beat roman with that fucking hold man it's brutal no it's impressive and it is an impressive hold because it, you're damn near gonna pop the head off of uh of your opponent the, the person getting that you know received upon them that you damn near pop their head off man you saw how red his face was you can't that's not a work I mean, he's he's probably uh, he's probably grabbing for air the minute he gets released from that thing. Oh yeah. So it's, it's probably it's legit brutal. that he lays there for ten seconds. There's ten. There's there's ten. There's a couple moves that I find in, in all of wrestling that just look brutal to me. 
that guillotine hold that uh, Roman Reigns will put you in, and yeah. Adam Hangman Page's fucking swinging lariat over lariat. the rope, man. Yeah. That shit is brutal too. Like those two moves in all of wrestling to me are the most brutal looking. I know Josh will disagree, but they're brutal. How surprised are you that um, that uh, Batista didn't come back? Batista, John Cena, or Lesnar? We didn't see any of those, and th- that we were really putting that over. That one of these three guys show up. Seriously, because I always look to the network to give me clues. They must have always. Yep. The network yeah, will always drop sure. Easter eggs every fucking time. If you want to make a prediction, listen, folks, we're going to give you a little insight on how we do it. Just go to the network. Just watch old pay per views. Watch who they put out. Watch who has WWE 24 or See whatever. what's being featured. Right. Who's ever being featured? 99.9% of the time, that's the guy getting put over in the pay-per-view. They didn't do it this time. Didn't do it. In fact, what no. if Daniel Bryan, he was out in like the top five, six? Did he make the top five? We'll see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he did. He made the top five. Um, that's why I was so convinced that Bryan was going to win because I'd already picked him and I thought, you know, this is his year. That promo was... Man, that was like, oh yeah, he's he's going over in this thing. And then the day before the rumble, they released that uh that documentary about him. Or it's actually as a collection of his best matches. Right. That sealed the deal for me in my mind, where I'm like, yeah, he's there's no way he's not winning this thing now. And he kept hanging in there and hanging in there, and you're thinking it's gonna happen. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen. happen. It was a tease. But I'm not sad. I'm not sad about how it went down because Here's another thing that we didn't talk about this last night. Uh, Edge not only goes over in that match, you know, everybody said it in my household at least. The minute Randy Orton went to the back, like this is, he's going to come back. It's like a he's work. Faking it's totally a work because he's, if they did the replay and they highlighted his right knee, but then if you watch him walking out, he's favoring his left knee. So it's like, yeah, this is a work. He's he's coming back. We all see it. He's the Viper. It's got it's gonna happen. They still somehow, <clears throat> even with doing the boo-boo spot where they had to put the ice on the knee in the middle of the match, in the middle of the rumble, just to let us know that he's still back there. Um even with that, I totally forgot about it. I did too. Because I was so caught up in edge. Yep. You know, I'm I'm still wearing my I'm look at this. It's stinky as hell, probably. I'm still wearing my RKO shirt. Or not RK. What the fuck is this? No, rated R. Rated R Edge. Not RK. Rated RKO. Rated RKO. Yeah, it was the tag team. So, uh, you know he was going to come back, but I'd forgot about it. Anyway, Edge goes over, and then bam, there's the Viper. And they ended that so quick that the cameraman almost couldn't keep up with it. And I thought that was a cool move because you put a period on the end of that sentence, too, because I am convinced... I could be wrong. It's happened of recently. I am convinced that Edge will not be facing RKO in the anywhere near future. That th- that his WrestleMania match is going to be uh, a fresh, clean feud. In my opinion, I think it's going to be McIntyre. I think he's going to go for the WWE title um, because that will give McIntyre the match that he deserves at WrestleMania. Because we haven't given up on Daniel Bryan. We mm-hmm. we think Daniel Bryan is no, going to be I think the underdog that, I, against Roman Reigns. Yes, because that will also give Roman the match he deserves at WrestleMania. I actually think if they play that angle, we're going to see. We may not be like super excited about that because you know 
if that really happens, then that means we called it three months prior and we've been talking about it for three months on our show. But that will actually be two legit matches. Don't forget, Seth Rollins is back. He showed he showed back up. He's back in the game now. I'm glad you said that because, listen, do you know why we forgot about RKO? Or why we forgot about Randy Orton? Is because of, of Rollins. They placed Rollins very strategically. They put him out there to make you forget mm-hmm. about Orton. Because as soon as you see Rollins come down the ramp, what is everybody thinking? Well, there's your winner. Because you know how WWE likes to push that fucking guy. I thought it. You had to have thought it for a brief second. Sure did. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. Daniel Bryan was still in the match at this point. Because it was Seth Rollins that took him out of the out of the, the Royal Rumble. But nonetheless, that all of that accumulated to, in my brain that Seth Rollins is going to win. As soon as Seth Rollins came out, I was like, yep, there's the winner. And then when he threw out Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan, I was like, ah, there's the winner. And then when he went to go try to get Edge, I fucking thought. But no, no, he didn't. Pleasant surprise. But I feel like the writing staff or the creative team for this pay-per-view specifically did that with Seth Rollins to make you forget about Randy Orton. Because you know you were thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it, because I was. I kept thinking, when's Orton going to come back? Yeah. When's he coming back? When's he coming back? Then Seth Rollins comes out, and you forget all about Orton at that point. Because, well, there's the winner. Doesn't matter what Orton does. There's yeah. your winner. So I think that's what happened to me. Probably happened to the majority of the people watching the pay-per-view. Because WWE, for that minute, women's too. Jesus. I, mm-hmm. Both 30 women and 30 men were phenomenal. Fantastic pay-per-views. There wasn't some awesome dude dominating the entire time. There wasn't some woman dominating the entire time. Even clean wrestling for an hour and six minutes with the women's. I don't know how long the men's went. I think it was like an hour and 15 or something like that. It was a while, yep. Fantastic wrestling. An hour. I want to circle back to this. I want to shelf it. Okay. Put it up there. I want to grab this one down. Okay, we're Ooh. putting it on the shelf. Ooh, what is in this box, Levin? Ooh, what's in here? <laughs> oh... WWE trying to be like <laughs> AEW with the fucking golf ah. cart. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. We're going back to Roman now. And we both said it, too, in the group text as soon as that happened. Like, hmm, where have I seen that before? I've seen this before. Am I, am I, am I watching the Stampede oh. match all of a sudden? Oh, who else does a guillotine hold? Oh, his name John Mockley. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> his name John Mockley. <laughs> come on, guys. We have to know that WWE is basically making Roman into John Moxley as a heel version of John Moxley. That that is what I see on TV. Oh, wow. I see, I see Roman pretty, competing with his old shield brother. There, Cotton. Okay. Don't do you not get that feeling that the WWE is trying to get themselves in a position to compete against the number one wrestler in all of wrestling? I mean. Dude shows up to New Japan, gets a huge pop, was just there last week, mm-hmm. had his belt on, yeah. looking looking fly as fuck in that, that New Japan ring, puts on that, I yeah, think, no, if I'm not sure. mistaken, and I'm sure people that hear this show that watch New Japan wrestling on Fridays, probably think, you know, will tell me I'm full of shit. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that during that match that he had at the, at the latest showing of New Japan... That John Moxley put his opponent into a guillotine could be wrong, but nonetheless, I'm looking at Roman as a as a as a direct competition to John Moxley. Period, and that's what I saw last night in this match was a lot of AEW repeats happening on a WWE pay per view. 
What are your feelings about this? So I think what you're saying is I think what you're saying is a little interesting here because as as we're recording this right now, we don't know what's going to happen, you know, here in the near future, but uh John Moxley is not the AEW champion. But if what you're saying is right, then does He's that mean champion, they're targeting who AEW, they present? You're right. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. But does that mean they're targeting who they perceive the most over wrestler in the businesses right now? If it weren't for the fact that that God, if you go back and listen to our old our old episodes, you would think we are the you and I, not Josh, but you mm-hmm. and I specifically are the <laughs> biggest Nick oldest marks on the planet. I listen to oh, a lot man. of podcasts, and there's not a lot of podcasts putting over Nick Aldis like we do. Okay? Yeah, I fucking love him. And, and Batista included, because Josh is just a huge Batista guy. But mm-hmm. to, for a second there, I don't give a shit if you're, if you're a mark for him or not. If Nick Aldis wasn't in NWA, he would be the most over-wrestler in all of wrestling. And I could be wrong about that, because a creative guy could put him in. And maybe that's why Aldis doesn't do what he does. Maybe that's why he's not in AEW or WWE. He doesn't want some creative asshole taking away what he's built. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, let's let's push Nick Aldis off to the side. John Moxley, in my humble little opinion, and Leland, I, I it's okay to disagree. Disagreeing creates content. John Moxley mm-hmm. is the most over wrestler in all of wrestling. Period. In the world, in the world, Craig. No, I think I I, I actually think you're right on that because his pre his last promo we heard on Dynamite, he literally cut a promo and found the way to weave in morning sex. I don't know that I've ever heard that. So, best way to start the that day. That tells so. me. I mean, I totally agree. Usually, it's just with myself. Uh, but you know, the the thing is, still the best way to start he, the day. <laughs> regardless, who is with, it's the best way ever. Don't you go over here and argue with me about when you masturbate or not. <laughs> you fucking just pull your pants <laughs> and do it. Here's the thing. It's already hard anyway. Just hey, just work yourself over while you're doing it. I mean, forget about it. Derail. Anyway, John Moxley. He can weave that into his promos because he's untouchable. It, it feeds into what you're saying. He is the most over wrestler. Yep. He can say whatever he wants to say, and people are going to chew it up. They're going to they're going to love it. Uh, and he doesn't need a title. He is that guy now, man. He's that he's that wrestler now that. That is bigger than the title. He doesn't need the title to make him. He makes the title when he has it. Uh, and, and more so, seeing him chase that title is more uh, alluring as well. rejuvenating his... But right now, he, it's rejuvenating him. Oh, Because I'm sure. starting to get back over on Moxley. He was holding that title for a while. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah. He's eh for me right now. But now that he's chasing him, I'm like, yeah. oh, shit, I love me some John Moxley right now. Oh, because well, just because you know what him and Kenny Omega can do. Let me ask you this question. I mean, those guys can literally burn the barn down. Omega has a lot of creative input for AEW. So does Tony Khan. Yeah. Do you think Omega and Khan pretty much just go, Mox, do whatever the fuck you want, man. Like, yes. just go out there and do your thing. Like, they don't give him any direction. Well, yeah, it, nothing. They just say, okay, well, this is who you're going to face, and this is the direction we're going, but go, go be Moxley. I think they give him a set of rules. They say, okay, here's what the network expects from us. And here's, here's the line that you really can't go over. Um, which seems to be pretty liberal at this point. I mean, they're, they, they're, they're saying some, they're saying, uh, things on TNT that when we were younger and watching 
WCW on TNT, they could never get by with saying. So it seems like those standards have changed a bit, like anything, like in any other form of entertainment in the last 20 years. It's all changed. Um, but I think they give him that. I think they give him this this line of that you can't go past this line, but you can get as close to it as you want. And then go, yeah, I mean, because let's face it, he is extremely creative, and that that is the biggest reason he left WWE. It wasn't money. I mean, come on, it wasn't money. The guy was cashing checks, no, no, no doubt about it. He left because he's creative, because he felt strangled. Uh, you listen to his podcast he had right after with uh, with Jericho, the minute you know he was finally released from from WWE, and then he came back as Moxley, but he hadn't actually went to the AEW yet. <clears throat> he tells a story, and it was all about the creative. It was all about what he wasn't able to do. He would go in and talk to Vince. He'd be frustrated, this, that, and the other. Uh, he couldn't he couldn't do what he wanted to do. So now he's in the atmosphere where he can. And, oh, by the way, for the first year, it totally got over, and everybody is watching it. Everybody's wearing the T-shirts. Everybody's jacked when they hear the music. It's just like Jericho. When Jericho goes to the ring, he has to give it five, ten minutes to let the people sing his song. Moxley gets the same kind of feeling. They're not singing his song, but they're 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 bobbing their head with him, and they're they're just taking in the moment with him. Not a whole lot of wrestlers get that. Where their intro, people want to take in that moment. They don't want it to go too quick. Not too many wrestlers get that. And not only that, another thing that Moxley does for me, and I know we're we're way off the Royal Rumble train now, because I said we we boxed it, we took the box out, and we'll, we'll, we'll we put it back. over. Um. <clears throat> Moxley, there are, there are Wednesdays that I'm like, eh, I don't really give a shit about what Moxley's up to. But as soon as his music comes out or comes on, as soon as he shows up and he's in the ring, then I'm interested. And then I'm popping. Yeah. It is it is amazing how John Moxley can pull you back in. When you're not interested, he finds a way to pull you in. Even Josh, who is the most critical fucking wrestling fan I have ever met, and it must be his generation because there's a lot of his age that do the same. But... Yeah, Josh is a very intelligent wrestling critic. He knows, Josh knows what the fuck he's talking about. Let's just put it that way. But he is very critical. And with that being said, Josh, John Moxley on paper should not be somebody that Josh likes to watch on TV, period. It's just not a wrestler Josh likes. Yet, even, even Josh likes John Moxley. That just goes to show you how his, how far his character and what his reach is. John has figured out a niche. He's got it. He's figured it out. He's figured out how to take a little bit of Stone Cold with a little bit of his personality, roll it all up into one, and there you go. You got a John Moxley, and it fucking works. So, hundred percent. It's amazing how he's able to do that because I'm telling you, I've had days where I'm like, eh, I don't want to watch John right now. He gets on TV. I'm like, holy mm-hmm. shit, why did I not want to watch this guy? He just finds a way to pull you back in, and that may be what is working. That's what that's what works for him. That's why I feel like he and most most critics out there feel like he's the number one wrestler without the AEW title in the universe. He's he's killing it. You know, I want to say that John Moxley may be the only wrestler or the wrestler since Stone Cold that has actually pulled off the brawler. Do you know what I mean by that? Like yeah, because I, um, I don't. I, you look at you wanna, look at him, and you don't think he could hold his own. But no, and people want to label him as some hardcore guy, and he's really not. He's done hardcore matches, but he's really not. He's just he's a legit brawler, and that's how Stone Cold was. Stone Cold was a legit brawler, and every now and then he was in a legit hardcore match, 
Uh, but that's really all he was. He wasn't going to, you know, early in his career, Stone Cold, that is, was the more mechanic and the technical guy. But after he got that neck injury, he had to change the game. Uh, now, I don't know. I haven't followed Dean Ambrose, John Moxley now. I haven't followed them that intricately like I have Stone Cold. Um, but I don't know if there was a switch there. Was he ever a technical guy? I don't think he was. Just just looking back, I don't think he was. But he has perfected the brawler. And that's what we're seeing now. That's what we're craving. Because you know when his music hits, you know when he comes down, he's going he's gonna to spit, he's going to snarl, and then he's going to throw fists. And that's what we want to see. Because on the other side of it, you have a Kenny Omega that is one of the most technically sound wrestlers to ever grace the ring. You got Moxley on this other side that is now I'm legitimately the best brawler in the business. Fuck yeah, I'm going to buy that ticket. Fuck yeah, I am. I wish we could go to that pay-per-view. But the biggest thing you have to take away from, and you're absolutely right, is Thank that you, Dean, China. Dean Ambrose was called the lunatic fringe in WWE for a reason. WWE labeled him as that yeah. because he wasn't a technical wrestler. If... When and I'll tell you, some of the best wrestling I saw Dean Ambrose do in WWE is when he was partners with Seth Rollins. They weren't the Shield; they were just had a little partnership, and they had that 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 running angle with the bar, and they were constantly always. Wrestling. Oh yeah, they were, they were going back and forth with that. the bar with the t- the tag team titles on Raw. And I got to tell you, when Rollins was in, it was very technical. But as soon as you got Ambrose in, and that WWE crowd popped when he get was tagged in. WWE loved Ambrose. Uh, the universe did. Yeah, he was in there brawling. Rollins was the technical guy. Ambrose was the brawler. But it was a downscaled kind of fucking like toned down version of John Moxley. Now that he's in AEW, he unleashed that. He he shed the Ambrose skin, put the Ambrose or he put that one in the closet, put on the Moxley skin, and went out there and just you know he's just unleashed. That first time I saw him and he put Omega through the glass table. I was sold. I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to see. Super happy about that. Now, we've derailed. I don't know how much time you want to spend on on him, on Moxley, because I'm sure we can spend an entire episode dedicated to this man. Do you want to get into any more Royal Rumble on the women's side before we hang it up for the night? Well, let's take let's take that box off the shelf so we can put a bow on that pretty thing. Yep. Done. Let's go. Let's see. What was in? Uh, yeah. So Royal Rumble box. Here we go. Let's put this back down. Okay. We did. We did make one right prediction. We called Bianca Belair, and it's only because it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure That's out right. that WWE is pushing the shit no, out of her. You. You called. You called Bianca. I called Charlotte. Well, yes. But I thought it was going to be back. Even back even Charlotte. you we, said we were we were all kind of ingredients. Yeah. Even you said that she was getting pushed over to the moon. Like she was just getting a huge push. You yeah. you said if it's not Charlotte, it will be Bianca. So. Nonetheless, you know, it, it just didn't take a smart mm. man to figure this out. WWE has been pushing this shit. I may not be a smart man, but I knew Bianca would win. I knew Bianca was going to win. Or it could be that Montez <laughs> Ford's her husband, and he's one of the most over tag team wrestlers in all of wrestling right now. I don't know. I don't think nepotism was the fact. I think Bianca's doing it all just fine on her own. Uh, Yeah, I think Bianca is... Legit, I think she was legit in NXT. She's, she could be. Um, I don't want to speak out of turn here, so let me think. Let me think hard before I say this. But it is possible Bianca Belair could be the single NXT performer that came to a main roster and has taken over that roster. It's possible. 
It's very, very possible. Keith Lee fizzled out uh, in, to the point of an injury. Um, Finn Balor had a good run, had to go back to NXT. Uh, the Street Profits, they're good. They're good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they're still a little too gimmicky for me. They're good, though. But I, I don't know that anybody has taken over their division from NXT on the main roster the way that Bianca Belair has. And she's not very... She's not been a wrestler very long. She's WWE mm-hmm. homegrown. She's only been in NXT. Mm-hmm. She's only been to the Performance Center. She's never been to an indie circuit. She did not start out in the low ranks. All she did was is she got hurt playing track because she was a track and field person in Tennessee. After she got hurt or she had she has she has a disease that's something wrong with her ribs. Okay. So when she got out of track for the hell of it, she went on WWE's website to see if she fit the profile. She sent her resume out to WWE. Mark Henry calls her literally the next day mm-hmm. and says, Come on down to the performance yeah. center, try out, makes it. This girl hasn't been doing it very long. She has so much fucking talent. It's unbelievable. All right, you know, once she gets more comfortable on the mic and stops doing that clap shit she does, she's going to be a phenomenal women's wrestler. She's going to put Charlotte Flair close to being a competition for her. She's going to put Charlotte Flair in a position where she actually has to fucking try because Charlotte Flair's got competition now, and it's in Bianca Belair. So, And I didn't think so. I thought Lacey Evans was going to be, by the way. I don't mean to cut you, but I thought Lacey Evans was going to be the next. No, no, you're fine. The next women's thing, because she has such a Charlotte Flair gimmick going on. I thought, okay, well, sure. we've we've got we've already got a Charlotte Flair. Why do we need another? So, Charlotte, let's back up. Charlotte Flair. Let's put it in perspective here. Charlotte Flair and Sasha Banks is were what Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes were. In the late 80s. Okay, yeah. And I think if I'm following you the right way, what you're saying is Charlotte Flair and Bianca are today what Ric Flair and Sting were in the early 90s. You have to look at it this way, too. Who, who do you think Bianca's going after? She's she's on a SmackDown roster. She's going after Sasha Banks. It's going to be a damn good... Yeah. It's going to be a damn good main event for the women's wrestling, period. It's get a title, but the real test is going to be Charlotte, right? Right. At some point, I mean, she's going to have test, to cross real, over to Charlotte. The run. real beacon of her career is going to be going after Charlotte. Now we have this stupid thing where Lacey Evans is being managed by Rick and Bob. I'm I'm already over it. I got I got about 15 minutes of it last night, and I'm already over it. Lacey Evans and Charlotte Flair are the same character. When you see them, they're the same fucking person. I when I look at listen, there's a, the, just one can wrestle and the other can't. Exactly, and one's got a nicer ass than the other. And no, no offense, Charlotte Flair, you're a beautiful woman, but Lacey Evans has got you in the booty department. And I know we always bring up the booty on this show, but Lacey Evans has got it. But nonetheless, I like the booty. Lacey Evans, Arr, I like the booty. But you know what? That was the other thing too. Um, who was it? Kane. Somebody, somebody said that they felt oh, that was like awesome. Lacey Evans was going to be the next big thing. And she still quite possibly mm-hmm. could be when Charlotte Flair starts getting too old for this and she starts backing off. But I don't I don't know. Lacey Evans. I don't know. I don't want to get too far on this. We're already we're already going over our budget here. I don't want to I don't want to go too far in the hole with this. But y- you know what I'm saying? Lacey Evans. Finish your thought, man. I feel like yeah, Lacey Evans will be the next Charlotte Flair when Charlotte Flair isn't Charlotte Flair anymore. That's what I'm trying to say. But 
God, aren't they like the same age? Wouldn't they both be retiring around the same time? Um, because Lacey Evans got in the game like really Lacey. late, really late. Charlotte did it a lot sooner than she did. So technically, Lacey seems new to us because she just hasn't done it as long. I liked Lacey better as a babyface. Oh my god, her babyface run was so good. I was pissed yeah. when WWE made her a heel again. I was like, yeah, she... I think I think that's money for her right there. Her as a face and Charlotte as a heel. Now you got now you now you're cooking. Now you got something going here. So that's why I make the comparison of of Charlotte to Bianca being Rick and Sting because now now Charlotte's in the position where she's top dog. She's just like what we talked about with Moxley. She does not need a title. Charlotte okay? is Moxley. That is the, the title women's does, best women's yeah, wrestler in all of wrestling. Period. Exactly. The title doesn't make her. She makes the title. So she doesn't need it. Um, she's the most over female wrestler in probably the last 30 years. Oh, yeah. Maybe even of all time. Maybe even of all time, to be honest with you. Um, so she's in a position now where whoever she works with, her job will be to get that person over. So it's possible. Right now we're seeing Lacey Evans on her third run. Count that heel, babyface, heel again. Uh, against a babyface Charlotte that wrestles like a he- wrestles like a heel. I don't know what they're doing there. They need to let Charlotte be Charlotte because she's at the level where no matter if she comes out as the dirtiest player in the game, she's still going to get cheered. She's going to be the one just like her dad that can that can crotch kick somebody and still get cheered for it. So let her do that. People love let her when Rick be did that. that. Rick got pops for knocking somebody still in the do. ball sack, man. Yep. Doing the wooing. You're not going to be able to stop that train, so don't even try to do it. Let Charlotte be Charlotte. Let her be a heel because that's the flair tradition, and she's good at it. She almost does that shit better than her dad. And you know how big of a Ric Flair fan I am. Uh, you're uh, you're even big. You're, you're just as big as a Charlotte Flair fan as well. You're you're you yeah. are one of the biggest Absolutely. Charlotte Flair marks I know. And absolutely, hundred percent, and and reason and and reasonably so. There's a good damn reason for it. She's uh, the best. Mm-hmm. She's like Moxley. She's she's a brawler. She's she's technical. She is one of the best overall well-rounded women's wrestler. She's got the look. She's got the gimmick. She's got the name. She's got it all. Lacey Evans lacks that wrestling combative skill set. But when she was a fucking face, she had the best promo work, best mic work, best wrestling. Best against the heels, mm-hmm. put the heels over, took the hits well. What the fuck are you doing with her, WWE? You had a really good face. Well, we can't. We can't make her a yeah. face if, if Sasha's a face. We can't make her a face if Charlotte's a face. That, why not? Make Charlotte the heel. People are still going to fucking root for Charlotte, heel or face. It doesn't matter what you do with Charlotte right. at this point. That's right. It doesn't matter what you do with her. Make Lacey Evans the face. Make Charlotte the heel. Now let them go at it. Now you got some, well, we can't let her get over that big. Charlotte's still a flare. <laughs> Make no mistake about it, Chad. The WWE has no confidence in Lacey Evans right now. No, they don't. They are giving her one last shot. If she can't get over with a flare as her manager and wrestling a flare in the ring, if she can't get over, bye bye. Do you know why? Do, she's, you know why she's, her? She's her, not. She's not even going to drop to NXT. She's going to drop out. You're going to find her on Impact. Do you know why her heel work doesn't work? Because she's not a heel person in real life. Lacey Esmond's no. just reading her. Is probably a damn good person. She's probably one of the best people you'll ever meet. So this heel gimmick doesn't work because it's not fucking believable. Yeah. 
She tries. Heels don't hard. bring their children to their arena. Not only, you know what I'm saying? Dude, she tries way too hard to be a heel. You see it. You can see that she's overacting, trying oh, yeah. way too hard. But when she was playing face, it was easy. She did that shit like natural. fucking like like she was born to do that shit. Because then you know when Lacey's face, you're getting Lacey Evans. That's the real Lacey Evans that you see. But when she's playing heel, she's trying way too hard. When she, when I saw her holding on to Rick. When when they were walking away after that tag match, after she punched um, Charlotte in the face, and I watched her, I'm like, she is trying too hard. That is that is too much heel for me. And, and as much as I love Lacey Evans, because I am a Lacey Evans fan, due to her face work, she she convinced me when she became face. Um, and I and I wait every day for her to come back to face. That when I watched her, I was like, oh, God. Every damn it. day you're like waking up thinking about that? Oh, I'm thinking about that, Ashley. <laughs> Every day you wake up, you're like, hey, hey, babe. Hey, hey, babe, wake up real quick. Do you think today's the day? Do you think Lacey's going to be face again? <laughs> yeah, I probably do. I wake up and I'm like, babe, listen, I know it's 4 a.m., but come on, tell me, do you think Lacey Evans is going back face? Please tell me. Yeah, well, I'll say, I, you know, every time I wake up my wife in the morning, I go, hey, baby, whether you heal, whether you're baby face, you do you. Dogcast Production.